0: Welcome back to another episode of Doctor Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, queen of burnout, throwing in a little sass there, Doctor Freaking Aaron Wiseman. I gotta practice what I preach. I'm a recovering workaholic, and rest is my detox. (laughs) So my team is pushing me to try to do more rest. I have really been invigorated since I got my new office and my podcasting equipment set up back full time. It's been so fun to be podcasting again and doing live episodes. But they're reminding me too that I'm overworking. So we are problem solving this. And in order to do that, we are doing a reboot showcase. All my work that I've done in the past, I might as well reuse it, right? Recycle, reduce, reuse. And so what we're going to do in this reboot showcase is take old podcast episodes that I've actually been on for other people and play them here on Dr. Me First. It makes me smile a little bit as I go back and listen to years ago when I was doing some of these podcasts. And I'm like, wow, I was really smart. I knew a whole lot of things. But I also see how I've changed and how things are different. (laughs) In the world of Aaron Wiseman, we call it, is it long-haired Aaron or short-haired Aaron? (laughs) Because you can definitely see a big change when the hair got lopped off during the pandemic. So listen to the episodes and then see if you can tell when I did that episode on the timeline of everything Aaron Wiseman. Long-haired Aaron, short-haired Aaron. Give me an email. I'd love to hear about it. I'm going to take my own medicine, I'm going to rest a little bit, and I'm still going to pop up as episodes for you to listen to. So enjoy this reboot today, and as always, friend, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse absolutely matters, and the badass in me honors the freaking badass in you. Enjoy! Enjoy! Patients were flocking to me and Of course, I wanted to like meet their expectations, and I wanted to meet the expectations of my new boss and of my office manager, and, oh, by the way, we would love to have you on the Chamber of Commerce, and can you bring cookies to daycare? Oh, and at church, we'd love to have you serve here and do that. And so I was just running a million miles a minute because I thought that was what I was supposed to be doing. And when I finally sat back, I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore.
1: You're listening to Mom After Hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and Challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, Mama, we save a soup for you. Hello, hello, it's Brandi Track, host of Mom After Hours where we talk taboo topics and pretty much every damn thing that affects modern moms today. Thanks for joining me. I think every mom has likely felt as though she can't take on one more damn thing. And being stressed with children who require your help day and night, um, especially with the damn homeschooling, you know, this is typical in this day and age, but feeling like you're on the edge of losing your mind or like the weight of everything is on you, is called burnout. It's a state of mental, physical, and emotional depletion. Studies suggest about 14% of parents feel this way, and research finds societal pressure to be the perfect mother can deepen the feelings. In 2014, Dr. Erin Wiseman was that statistic, which left her feeling empty, sad, trapped, and desperate for change. Luckily, she decided to do something about it. Today, Erin vividly shares her story of rising from the ashes of burnout and how a life coach helped her torch the past and start over. She offers sage advice to high achieving women to rediscover their purpose, find their happiness and achieve badass status. Let's jump the heck in.
0: I was a fourth-year medical student. Um, I thought I was, like, timing stuff out good. <laughs> Not at all. So my husband and I, we eloped between my second and third year of medical school. And then, you know, I thought, well, let's wait a little bit. And then I thought, well, maybe if I can time this right, then we can have a kid between me finishing medical school and starting residency. Well, it didn't quite work out like that. So I graduated – medical school, started residency. So you typically start residency in July. And then I had my first baby in October. And so literally like four months mm-hmm. into starting my first year of residency, which is my you know, in your intern year, which is like one of the most grueling years of your life. And I just happened to add motherhood into that.
1: Damn girl. <laughs> yeah, you're a little ambitious. accomplishing medical school and motherhood at the same time that's scary oh it was it was a hot
0: mess i mean honestly um i was so afraid at that point that if i took too much time off then i was gonna have to repeat the whole year i mean in fact they already they told me that they're like aaron you have about three and a half weeks and then you have to be back and luckily he came a little bit early so i got four weeks off and it was crazy It was crazy town. You know, the things that I advocate for my patients, like six weeks after a vaginal delivery is still not enough. Let's be perfectly honest. But going back, I mean, the poor ba he couldn't even go to daycare yet because they wouldn't take him until they were six weeks old. And so, you know, we luckily had some family around. I was trying to pump like a Jersey cow um, (laughs) and start back in. Um, And I was really trying to do all the things and little did I know that uh, newborns typically don't drink like 35 ounces of milk a day, but mine was like the exception to the rule. And I remember talking to the lactation nurse and be like, I'm just not producing enough. And she's like, how much are you pumping? I'm like about 32 to 36 ounces a day. And she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. It was crazy. It was totally crazy. And I felt like an absolute failure in everything because I had left my baby before the recommended time because I couldn't pump enough to keep him satisfied. Um, Of course, was not sleeping but yet was having to get up in the morning at like 4 or 5 a.m. So I could get to the hospital and round and and learn this new job of medicine and also motherhood. It was a hot fucking mess.
1: How man like were you still passionate about what you were learning about, like, uh, like to me, if, when I was exhausted in that early motherhood, I didn't want to fucking do anything. I couldn't even imagine going back to work in six weeks, let alone a month, like, two months. Like, were you kind of, like, asking yourself these questions when you had to go back so early? Were you like, what the fuck am I doing? Or were you I, just, like, back to work as usual?
0: I, I just didn't know. I mean, it was my first kid. And it was my first time to be in residency, you know, medical training. And I was just like, I just got to get through this. I just got to get through this. And I remember the night before heading back to work to residency, telling my husband, like, I just don't want to do this. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know, but (laughs) this doesn't feel right. And now as my future self, knowing it was because it wasn't right. It wasn't right for me and my child. It, it wasn't right for my motherhood, but I felt like I didn't have any other way. I felt stuck because there was no way in hell that I was going to repeat. I was still going to have to work, but there was no way that I was going to repeat an, yet another year. Like that was not even an option in my mind oh. to just take the year off and, and start again. It was like, nope, I'm just going to hammer through. Just going to put my head down and just go. I remember when he was about two months old, it was December that year. So like his first Christmas and all the things and thank God that my husband took pictures because I don't remember it to be perfectly honest. I was working in patient medicine. So that's like when you're a doctor working in the hospital, taking care of like really acute six patients, you're on call, you're rounding all the things. Um, and I remember going over and seeing my family and taking Camden and my son and my husband Craig and the few pictures that we took and then just like crashing and falling asleep. I don't remember the gifts. I don't remember what I bought people for Christmas. I, I do not remember that month because of how much I was working, how little he was with colic, still trying to pump and breastfeed. I honestly don't know how I made it. I would suspect that it's because I married up and have the most phenomenal life partner that there is. I think it was the people around me and my classmates in residency um, helping and to support me. Um, a lot of grit, but it is not a journey that I would ever wish
1: on any woman. I can't imagine. Like, I feel bad for just, you know, my friends that had just part-time admin jobs where they had to go into the office and it was part-time and they would say, Oh, it's just simple, easy stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know how you did that. I'm like, like sending emails and having to think things through and things that used to be so easy for you before now are like monumental because your brain's not working at a hundred percent, you know, with the lack of sleep and just ex- pure exhaustion. Like I just, I can't imagine having to be (laughs) taking care of patients and like having to be on my a game, like where you're a a VIP, essentially, like if you're taking care of patients and like, you can't make mistakes. I mean, yes, physicians make mistakes, but you, it's a costly scary ass mistake when you make a mistake as opposed to be an office manager or something where, you know, it's, you're not dealing with somebody's life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh You know, the worst thing about it is I had, I don't know if you want to call it shame or regret, um, or hell, just call it despair. And I was like, why did I do this? Like, why did I get off my birth control? (laughs) Why did I bring this child into the world? And, and almost blaming myself for the situation. Um, and it was really, really difficult. I mean, yeah, the, the job logistics, but like, I bet somebody told me that being a mother was going to be hard. It was so much more than I ever, ever expected. And the biggest thing, too, is what I didn't realize at that point in my life. It was like med school check, residency check, kid check, marriage check, dog check. You know, it was it was it was a checklist, to be perfectly honest. Um, but what I came to realize, like the two by four upside the head was like, no, this is going to transform you. You will be fundamentally different
1: after this. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) That's for sure. Is there a point in your medical career or just like that aha moment where you realized that you needed to make a change in your career or just in your overall environment? Mm, Girl, let me tell you. So I didn't learn after the first one, obviously.
0: So I had another kid two years later in my third year of residency. Um,
1: Damn girl. And <laughs> Damn, girl, you did not. Well, I was on the plan
0: every two years. That's how you're supposed to do it, right? Yeah, that's what they say. <sighs> that's what they say. But. But exactly. But exactly. And so um, I finished up residency. I had approximately eight weeks to make up between the two children. So you can do the math with that. And so I finished up residency the end of August um, 2014 and started the new job literally like the week after Labor Day in September. And within the first couple weeks of starting my big girl job, I mean, I had done it. I had gotten through Only had a couple weeks to make up. I had, we bought a new house. I had the the new doctor job. I had all the loans to prove that I had done all the things. And within weeks of starting that new attending job, I was like, holy fucking shit. This is the next 30 years of my life? Like this? This is, I thought I was supposed to be better. I thought I was supposed to be on the top of the effing mountain right now. And I am in the bottom of the goalie and finding the basement. I remember the boys were out watching TV in our new house, Paw Patrol, actually. And I was sitting on the edge of the bed one Sunday night, just like silently sobbing because I'm like, oh my God, I got to get up and do this all over again this week. And my husband come ask me and he was like, what, what is it, honey? Like, are they mean to you? Like, what's, what's going on here? And I was just like, it's Everything. Because at that point, I was trying to be everything to everybody. I was trying to show up as the new female physician. I'm the only female physician in my county here in Southern Indiana. And so patients were flocking to me. And of course, I wanted to like meet their expectations. And I wanted to meet the expectations of my new boss and of my office manager. And oh, by the way, we would love to have you on the Chamber of Commerce. And can you bring cookies to daycare? Oh, and at church, we'd love to have you serve here and do that. And so I was just running a million miles a minute because I thought that was what I was supposed to be doing. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And when I finally sat back, I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. And I remember another time with the boys. So they were, I was so excited because we had moved from a little house that only had a shower into our new home that had a bathtub. So it was like the first time that the boys really had gotten to play in the bathtub together. And I remember sitting next to the tub, um, you know, put some bubbles in it, and they were playing, and I was just looking at these sweet little boys, and I was just thinking in my head, "I wish you would effing go to sleep." Like <laughs> I was just so Aww. tired. And then my next thought was, "Is like, oh my god, did you really just think that? Like that you just want them to be done for the night?" I think like, all this is not what you really, choose.
1: I think all mamas can relate to that, where oh, you have yeah. those thoughts, and then. You just like you, you get agitated because your kid wants to keep playing on stuff, or like, mommy, play with me, or do this and that. But you're just so tired, or you've got things to do. And you're just like, dude, will you just go to sleep? Is it nap time already? And then Mm -hmm. when they go to bed, and then you have that time to kind of, you know, think think things through and you're like oh shit god come on and then you start feeling all bad so don't worry i've had those so same thoughts.
0: that was the final i had several two by four moments upside the head you know either you listen to the tickle in your heart that's the feather or you get the two by four i had so many two by four moments and that was one of the final two by four moments where i was like this is not what i want for my life This is not what I want my motherhood to be. This is not how I want my boys to remember me as, as the exhausted mom on the side of the bathtub, just wishing that they would go to bed. And so I knew, I knew I had to make a change and I was scared to death. I mean, we're talking multiple six figures of debt here, just on student loans, not even counting our home, um, and other, you know, costs that incur. And I remember talking to my husband and I was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. And he was like, six months. Just give it six months. Let us like get our feet under us and try to figure out. And so I did what I tell all my patients not to do. And I got on Google and hit the internet streets trying to figure out like, okay, what can I do next? How do I change my CV to a resume? Like what jobs are there around? And I didn't want to go work for pharma. I didn't want to move our family. I didn't want to work for an insurance company. And so I was like, I am totally screwed right now. Like I have made the worst decision in my life by pursuing a career in medicine and then now wanting to bail three weeks in. But luckily, there's a light at the end of the tunnel with this. And in my internet searching, I came across a lady who she was a family medicine doctor too. And she was doing this thing called coaching. And I was like, hey, whatever. Hashtag take my money. Like, this is going to help me (laughs) take whatever you want.
1: Help me figure my shit out, please. Exactly. And so (laughs)
0: um, I enrolled in this online course, never done that before, but I was like, whatever, I'm going to try it. And it was called Entrepreneurial MD. And I'm the only doctor in my family, by the way. Everybody else is blue-collared workers, you know, so that added pressure of like being super proud of me goes into all this like guilt and shame about hating my job. And So I started working through this course, and then I was like, I got to talk to this woman. And so I got on the phone with her, and I cannot tell you how relieved I felt, Brandy. I felt heard. I felt validated. I felt like I was no longer alone. And I was like, oh, thank God. So it really was coaching that saved my life. She was older. She's in career. Her kids are all grown. And so after going through the coaching experience, then I was like, you know what? Where's all the other, like, young professional mom coaches? Because, like, we needed this shit 10 years ago. For real. And so <laughs> I put my big girl panties on, and that's what I became.
1: I'm so proud of you, girl. I'm so proud of you for pivoting. I can only imagine the weight that was on your shoulders, well, just everything. I mean, especially being an uh, only the only female physician in your area, And we know how it is with, you know, being a mom and just a woman and everybody wants you to volunteer for this and that, you know, for the parents club at school. And you got to bring this, you got to bring that in the church and everybody wants something from you. And it's hard to say no, because especially, you know, the people pleaser side of us, it's like, we want to make people happy. We want to keep people liking us. They were like, we don't want to piss anybody off or ruffle any feathers. Well, and what I want to tell other moms too, it wasn't like, a light switch. Like overnight I did this thing and then
0: I was doctor and then I switched it and I became a coach and like hugely successful or anything. No, 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 no. This was, this has been like a work in progress for the last six years. And so first it was deciding, like, like you said, realizing that no is a complete sentence and that by saying no and setting that boundary, boundaries are not just about keeping people out. It's about keeping good stuff in. And so I had to start setting boundaries of saying, no, I can't do that. I can give you $20 and someone else can go buy cookies or no, I can't do that. But I can recommend somebody else to be on your board or no, I can't do that. I can't add another patient. You're going to have to go see the nurse practitioner. And that was really empowering to realize that I did have the power of no and that I could set boundaries and nobody's life was going to be on fire and the sun was still going to rise the next morning and it was going to be okay.
1: I love that um, expression that you used. It's not setting boundaries or keeping, not just about keeping things out, but keeping the good in. I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that. I need to write that on a quote and hang it above my desk. (laughs) Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. So what steps can moms take uh, to rediscover themselves and their purpose? Like I think you're the a perfect first, person to talk to about I this. can. <laughs> I can 100% talk to
0: this. Because,
1: expert. you know,
0: for so long, I was living the expectations of what a good doctor should be, what a good wife should be, what a good mom should be. And what I started looking back at that is like, who shoulds am I holding? Like is is this really mine to hold? Do is this really how I want to show up? Because honestly, I've always sprinkled f bombs around like glitter. I just didn't always say them, and so that was one of my things: is to be like, well, well, who am I now? And I had a really hard time, like, really getting into the space of identifying, like, who am I now? I was either stuck in like future thinking of like when I get there, when, or like, oh, I used to be before. But I hadn't been asking the questions of like, what's important to you now? Knowing that life has totally changed and that you are a new person. What do you want now? What's most important to you now? Because before I was 100% a career woman, 100%. Like I was never not going to work full time because like part-time doctors aren't real doctors. That was the story that I was telling myself. But what I realized is exactly that. It was a story. It was somebody's somebody else's truth that I was holding on to. And it was total bullshit. So the first thing I think about, you know, getting back in touch and rediscovering yourself and your purpose is really looking at all the labels that you've stuck on yourself and being like, nope, not keeping that one. And it's a really hard process to do that. Because we put so much into those identity labels. I remember one time my coach asked me, she's like, what's the one thing that if it was taken away from you, you would be devastated? And at that time, I said my medical license. I didn't say my kids. I didn't say my husband or my family. I didn't say my health. I said my freaking medical license. So that shows you like how deeply rooted my identity in Dr. Wiseman was. And so it was something that I had to wrap my head around to be like, am I only this? Can I be both? Can I be more than two things? Can I be none of these things? And really wrestling with that and really understanding, like I have the permission to be anyone and anything I want to be, but I have to choose it moving forward was super, super powerful to me. So I would say step one, Getting an assessment on like where you are right now. I love the wheel of life. I post it all the time. Go over to my Instagram stories. You will find it in there like at least once a month. And, and or any assessment tool, honestly, to figure out like, where are you now? Who are you now? What are your trends now? And not dwelling in the past and not like having future thoughts and anxiety about the future, but really getting into the now. Number two is then like looking at all your labels and deciding like, do I want to hold these? Are these mine to hold? And then number three is really answering the question. What was I put on this earth to do? And that was a powerful one for me because so much I, I would say like, well, I was put on this earth to be a doctor or I was put on this earth to be a mom. And remember my coach calling me out and she's like, no labels. Like what is the action that you were put on this earth to do? And I was like, I was put on this earth to heal. And she's like, okay, so doctoring is one way to help people heal. How else can you help people heal? So I would encourage people to do the exact same thing. What is the action verb that you were put on this earth to do? And I'm pretty sure there's probably like half a million things that you actually could do and make money doing that thing.
2: Oh,
1: girl, I like that. I got to figure out my action verbs. That's so right. That was such good advice that your coach gave you. I love that. So what, what happens if we don't do these things? What do you think would have happened if you didn't stop working full time? Um, I mean, I was shift? already burned
0: out, super burned out. I think I would have probably ended up on a bunch of antidepressants, on a bunch of medicine. I think I would have been in a bunch of therapy. I probably would have gotten divorced. Who knows what else would have come into my life? to try to cope with the bullshit that I was dealing with with burnout.
1: Like it wouldn't have been good. That's for sure. I can't imagine. I can't imagine like what are what was like your average day? So like obviously it looks different now. We'll get into that in a little bit, but like what did your average day look like when you were, you know, yeah. mom and physician and physicianing?
0: So in <laughs> that like everything? 2014 early 2015 it looked like okay Getting the boys up in the morning, like throwing on clothes, like throwing some water in my hair, trying to make it look halfway decent in a ponytail, um, loading them up, getting somebody a bottle, throwing Pop-Tarts at the other one, getting them in the van. They would be the first kids dropped off at daycare because I need to get to the office so that I can, you know, get through my mountain of paperwork before patients started showing up at 745. Um, and then I would grind through the morning and then maybe get five or 10 minutes to like slarch down some lunch. If I brought anything or remember from the day before, or maybe my nurse, you know, I was lucky that day and she went to Subway and I threw money at her. Um, or otherwise it would just be like crackers, stale crackers that are randomly kept in my desk. And then I would grind through the afternoon and then... Then I'd try to get all my charting done before I'd come home. Sometimes it would happen, sometimes it wouldn't. But I'd have to quit because daycare would close at 6 o'clock, so I had to get the kids and they would be the last ones typically to pick up. Then we would get home and I would pray that there was like chicken nuggets or like something that they would eat and then bed and then crash and try to put myself back together again in the morning.
2: That's...
1: I feel like there's a lot of mamas out there who are in those shoes, but millions of other moms that this
0: is their reality. So, what does your day look like today? What, what, how is it? back then, my goal when I started making the changes in my life is I wanted a job that I didn't have to take a vacation from, and I wanted to get up in the mornings without an alarm clock. Like those are my two requirements of what I was like, that would be a good enough life. That would be a good life if those are my requirements. And I can tell you honestly, today, those are that is my life. So, um, I mean, of course, like kids gotta get up and go to school and stuff. And so, um, but if I go to bed early enough, then I feel good and my body just like naturally wakes me up at like six, six fifteen. I get up, I drink a cup of tea, I may go downstairs do whatever kind of movement exercise is feeling good for the day, get kids up, get them moving, get them on the bus by 7.30. Um, my youngest is in preschool, so if it's a preschool day, then we kind of slum around a little bit in the mornings together. I'm not going to lie. We'll watch some TV or if it's if it's like summer, springtime, I'm like, you want to go sit in the hot tub? We'll go sit in the hot tub before we go to school in the morning and just kind of have like mommy-daughter time because I got a girl the third time. Um, and then head off, take her to school, come home. Um, I love like a good hot breakfast. I'm not going to lie. Like Pop-Tarts will never be a part of my diet again. <laughs> and so make a great breakfast for myself. Um, if there's any kind of like journaling or thoughts that I need to get out, I get them out and then I get cracking in my, my business. So office hours start at 10 a.m. Then, and I just start going, um, I meet with clients. I do podcast recordings. I'm writing right now. I'm doing a lot of virtual speaking. So that can be any kind of mix in the day. And then about four or four I start wrapping things up and closing up and head off to see my family. The phone gets turned off. Um, which is amazing feeling. I'm not going to lie. I highly recommend everybody go through a digital detox and have a good relationship with their technology. And that's been instrumental in our family is, is really being mindful of that. And yeah, now we, we do fun things in the evening. It's no more sitting next to the bathtub, just hoping people go to sleep. It's like, Let's read some library books or let's watch a movie together or, you know, let's play a game together. or Let's just color Play-Doh or just talk. And it feels awesome. Now, I'm not going to say like we're not like Disney-esque and picture perfect. Like before we got on this recording, you heard me tell the cluster that was happening over dinner <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> so I don't want to like paint it with rose colored glasses that it's like it's it's perfect all the time. I really intentionally set my schedule now and I set boundaries. Um, We're recording this at seven. I only do one late night a month. And so it's really important to me that I turn off the computer, I turn off the microphone and that then I can show up for my
1: kids. That is so good. I need to be better about that and setting boundaries. That's one thing that my husband gets on to me about is that I'm always – I always have a long to-do list. So it's hard for me to be idle. It's hard for me to relax and sit on the couch. You want to know watch my watch Netflix and do all that stuff. I'm like, I have stuff that I could be doing. I need to work on my computer. I gotta create this. I gotta write this. I gotta write that. What works for you? What I would say you here's
0: here's the life hack. Take notes. Delegate in everything. I'm not just talking like in business, like I mean you have to get help. There's not enough hours in the day that you yourself own that you can get the whole to-do list. My my to-do list is ever running. It will, I will never finish my to-do list. They will probably bury me with a to-do list <laughs> because of it all. So, you know, really it's it's and it's not about time scarcity. It's not about being like, "Oh my god, there's not enough time." There's infinite amount of times when you start delegating and you start using other people's clocks. And hiring things out and being like, okay, it's not efficient for me to do my books. Like, how much does it take to hire a bookkeeper? Because, you know, some people will tell me, oh, well, if I was affluent as you, or if I was making more money, I'm like, no, you're the fucking golden goose. We have got to make you as comfortable and as happy as possible, because you are making the money. And yes, Sometimes it really feels sucky when you got to pay the housekeeper like $25 an hour to come and scrub your toilets. But let me tell you on the flip side, when you walk into a house that smells clean, the toilets are scrubbed, the laundry is folded, and you did nothing, it is so (laughs)
1: worth that money. It sure is. I I do need to get better about it. My husband is a, how do I put it, nicely He's budget conscious. I'm budget conscious too, but he's
0: more. The ROI on delegating the tasks that you are completing will be twofold. I guarantee it. I have not seen it fail yet. Now you don't need to like go and pay for like a thousand dollar cleaning service. You just start with a cleaning person once a month. And then you see like, oh, I just got back like four hours in my week. And then they start coming every other week. And then you anticipate it. And things just start to shift in place. And I shit you not, the money
1: will find its way there. I agree. I totally agree with you. Like, I feel like, you know what? We go out to eat. Well, we used to go out to eat a lot. But I'm like, we spend so much money on food and just other things that I'm like, we don't have an extra 50 bucks to do this. Or like, I know we do. He just... You do. I'm all about convenience. And I... I'm good with my money, but I also like to treat myself, but he just, he has to have like 10 reasons for, you know, dropping money and this and that. And, yeah, like I was told like I, I he gets so mad if I shop at Whole Foods, if I go to Trader Joe's, if I go to anything anywhere that's not all these Walmart, he's like, why are you going there? It's so expensive. Oh, my gosh, you paid this much more. No, no, no. So like I I have to like hide it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like the meme where the, the girl has to hide her Amazon packages and hide <laughs> if I ordered um food from Whole Foods on Amazon to get delivered and stuff like I'm hiding the little silver bags that refrigerated bags that come. And I'm like, oh, I got a Herb thrown in the bottom of the of the garbage can so he can't see it. But yes, I agree. There's It's important to delegate and automate and do all those things to free up your time so oh, that you are important. present with your it children. It is
0: essential. It is right. so essential. Like, if you really want to have freedom, you have got to learn you don't need to do everything. And actually, it empowers your kids to see like, oh... Like, for instance, I take Fridays off and they'll, they'll even say, Mom, what are you doing on Fun Friday? And I'm like, well, I think I'm going to go hike today or I'm going to go get my haircut, or, you know, I'm going to go have lunch with my friend Jill. They can't wait to ask me about my little adventures that I do on Fun Friday.
2: Aww. And like,
0: that's the message I want for them. I want them to know that you can create whatever you want. If you want Fun Fridays in your life, you can have Fun Fridays in your life. And I think it's important to show, too, like, Mom doesn't have to do everything. Like you have responsibility in that. And we get help in our cleaners. I'm all the time. So our cleaners come tomorrow morning and they know Wednesday nights it's time to, to clean up and pick up. And they'll say, oh, well, the cleaners do it. And I said, no, the cleaners are here to clean, not to pick up your junk. And the thing is, I just tell them like anything that's left out is going in the trash or the timeout box. So and they have to work to get their stuff back out of the timeout box. So they don't want that to happen. And it was the first time after I like literally threw some things away that they were like, Oh shit, mom's really oh, like
2: this. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna do that. I'm totally gonna a timeout box. I need
0: time to timeout that. box that you have to work to get stuff back out of. But it's showing them too, like we can have help in our house. It is absolutely okay to ask for help. And I think that's a really important lesson to show kids like we don't have to be self-sufficient. We have nothing to hide in our house. You know, like some people get weirded out with like cleaners and stuff. And I'm not going to say like we're pretty frugal. I'm not going to lie. We, our house is not like the typical doctor house. And so I, I really think it's important to showcase to my children like asking for help, delegating, This is what we do as a family. If we would like to have nice things, then this is how we need to pick up and to show them. And I I even talk about them. I'm like, I pay the house cleaners money to come help us. You need to know that they're just not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. And so it's important for me to feel like I'm giving to them as well and being a hashtag boss lady and hiring people to help us.
1: I love that. I love that. So you have a masterclass mm-hmm.
2: that's burnt
1: out to badass and i've already learned a lot from you today can you tell us a little bit about this masterclass
0: so burnt out to badass was a thing that's been like four years in the making you know all the like online bros who are telling you how to like sc- scale to a million or whatever like I was like, I don't have a signature program. I don't have a thing. I just talk to people and I coach them and I help them like have the life and career that they love. And I remember one of my coaches or one of my clients were like, that's exactly like your signature thing. And I was like, oh, I need to write this down. And so Burnt Out to Badass is my compilation of like all the best, the best life hacks, the like best mindset stuff all the best of me over the past four years. And it is too good that I can't not put it out into the world. So every month, it's the last Sunday of the month at 2 p.m. Eastern time. I love Sundays because, you know, that's kind of like the loafing day. So I'm like, go throw a movie in for the kids. Come hang out on Zoom with me for 45 minutes. They're going to be a-okay. But the last Sunday of the month, I have a free masterclass, And that's where I go in and I give snippets of like the best things that I think are so important. So last month in January, we talked about um, why you should throw away your vision board. Like, don't get me wrong. I love a good vision board. I love a good, like, future self question, thinking about things. But you know what? Like, a vision board is just a piece of paper. It is time to get your ass in action. And that is what's going to change your life. Not some vision board that you do and put glitter on and then throw it in the closet. It is about, like, actual movement. So, like, really helping women to tap into that. This m- next month in February, we're going to talk about, like, being an empath. I had no idea. That I was an empath until someone explained to me and I was like, oh, that's why I feel all the things. Like when I walk into a room or, oh, that's why I was so exhausted at the end of the day. It wasn't that the work was hard. It was that people were like emotionally dumping on me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to talk about that in like a non-woo-woo sense. But in the fact of like, no, like feelings are information. They give us really important data points that we should really hone into. Like it's a superpower. And here's how we can leverage it. And then in March, I am talking about that if you're feeling like this, if you're feeling crispy with burnout, if you hate your job, if you're questioning your motherhood, you're not crazy. And it's not a mental health uh, you know issue that you need to be on a bunch of medication and like you are broken. It's not And so really getting into that and really trying to tease out like, okay, what is the toxic work environment that you're in? And what is it that it's you that needs to change? So yeah, come join me. Uh, you know, I do a lot with physicians, but really it's just high achieving, kick ass, take names, alpha females who are just feeling really low. So anyone and everyone is welcome.
1: That's so cool. So
0: where can they find that? Yeah, go to my website, burntouttobadass.com and sign up for the the masterclass and then we'll shoot you all the Zoom links and a little bit of homework ahead of time. It's probably going to be that wheel of life because I love it so much. That is so cool.
1: And then where else, where can they find out about your podcast? So your podcast is a different name. What is your podcast about?
0: Yeah. So my long standing podcast that I've been doing like forever and ever is called Dr. Me First. And how it started was I just wanted to have conversations with other women, because like I mentioned, I was the only female doctor in my county. So it started like that, but it's become such a bigger and better thing. It's where we talk about everything life and practice. Um just so many wonderful things. And I also do a segment with my husband called Married to an Alpha Female. So you get to see a little bit cool. inside of Team Wiseman. Um, and it's kind of fun. And it's just been a really cool project. In March, I am launching a second podcast. Because podcasts are kind of like tattoos. Like, once you get one, <laughs> you're going to get more.
1: Damn, so my- girl, you are busy
0: and so my second podcast is burnt out to badass and so it's it's kind of like staying on that thread and it's where i talk to other just amazing women i've got people from um olympic athletes to industrial engineers like just amazing women who come in and they open up their soul and they share that like dark night of the soul of burnout and then we talk about their journey through and it's not perfect but it's just imperfectly marvelous. And I'm just trying to normalize the conversation of burnout.
1: Erin, it sounds so good. I love that. I can't wait till it comes out. So you're thinking March?
0: Yeah, good. the teaser's out
1: right now. Okay. And the first
0: episodes will start dropping like March 8th.
1: Well, I so freaking enjoyed talking to you today. I have to mention to our listeners that... So Aaron and I, not only are we both ENFPs, not only are we both empaths, but we both wore our polka dot long sleeve sweatshirts yes, we to did. the interview. I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl. I'm like, I come up on the video. We're both wearing the same shirts. And we found out that we're pretty much like the same people. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Erin. You're awesome.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on Mon After
1: Hours, literally after hours. Don't you just love stories like that? If you'd like to connect with Dr. Erin Wiseman, check out the show notes or visit her over at burnouttobadass.com. I don't know about you, but I will be experiencing Erin's free masterclass and I hope you will join me. If you need anything in the meantime, Mama, you know where to find me, Instagram at momafterhours, or you can always send me an email at hello at momafterhours. I'm always down to hear what you're thinking and what's going on in your life. Love you, girl. Until next time.
0: I got some really important stuff to share with you. Besides developing Dr. Me First over the last, I don't know, I think it's like seven or eight years now, and Burnt Out to Badass, which is a little bit newer. It's been going on for about three to four years. I've actually been developing another business kind of on the side. And a lot of you folks are surprised when you hear about it. It's called Physician Coaching Alliance. And it does a lot of amazing things. First of all, if you're a chief wellness officer, or you want to see more wellness in your organization, hospital, medical group, residency program, et cetera, Physician Coaching Alliance is your answer. We do consulting and coaching within organizations to bring better wellness into the healthcare space. So you need to go over to the website, physiciancoachingalliance.com, drop me an email with the organization, who I contact, who I talk to, and we can come in and help your institution. The other part of Physician Coaching Alliance is for those who are looking for a personal coach. Of course, I would love to be your coach, but I also know that I'm not everybody's, well, taste and spicy sauce, let's put it that way. So there we have a menu of over 70 coaches who specialize in so many different things, who come from different parts of medicine. Some people are in medicine, some people are out of medicine, some people are hybrid. It's just an amazing group of an eclectic, Amount of skills and personalities, I'm sure you can find your next coach there. So, again, same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. And lastly, if you are a coach and you're tired of going in alone, maybe you're in a slump, maybe you just want to be around other physician coaches who are willing to give and are over the hustle culture and not about competing with each other, but knowing that how we heal healthcare is better together then also Physician Coaching Alliance is the place for you. PCA fulfills so many of these needs and more. It's all on the same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. You can hang out with us on LinkedIn and on Instagram by the exact same name, physiciancoachingalliance.com. Yep, I've been busy. running multiple companies practicing medicine taking care of alpacas but you know what it is my heart and joy to do this and i hope that pca can become a part of your story too